Hey there, nature lovers. Welcome back to another episode of the Birdie Bunch podcast, the final episode for 2021. Oh my goodness. Uh, we will be back coming in 2022 on January 10th with bi-weekly episodes. So no longer weekly content here from the Birdie Bunch on uh, streaming, but you can find daily content from us on social media. So for more updates, go follow us on social media at the Birdie Bunch podcast. Without further ado, though, let's get into it. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Birdie Bunch podcast, where we talk everything conservation, education, fascination, and a little bit of holiday spirit. How are we doing this day? Uh, nope, I didn't say your names. I'm CJ. And um, what are your names? I'm Matt. And I'm Brittany. How, how, how y'all? How y'all doing? <laughs> Yesterday, I saw this is I don't have much nature related content to uh, admittedly bring current wise with my life, but I saw and I'm just putting this out there so it's on recording now so that I can refer back to it if anyone says, Matt, you didn't say that. I saw West Side Story last night. It was incredible. Predictions like, now, I think it wins at least two Oscars. That's just like my... The, the Steven, Steven Spielberg? Yes, the 2021 West Side Story. It looks really good. I haven't seen it. Out. Is it even out? Right now? Yeah, it came out the 10th. It is better than the 1961 film. Honestly, I'm not surprised by that. Spiel Spielberg is a genius, so I'm not too surprised. Plus, I love West Side Story. It's a very classic retelling of Romeo and Juliet. Admittedly, I, I've never seen it ever. No, it's a, it's no a, versions. I really You're love the, um, the original one. I actually, when I was in, in theater, I did a couple of... Uh, uh, songs from it and some some readings from it, but I've never actually. Uh, oh, that's sick! I've done a whole version, but I'm really excited to see this new one. I'm really glad to hear it was good, Matthew. It actually draws more from the stage play. I love because, that because because apparently this is what I learned. Spielberg has wanted to do it since he saw the original Broadway thing before the 1961 movie came out. Yeah, I was uh, I was reading that. I was reading that he he did an interview where he was like inspired by the soundtrack when he was younger and this is not related to conservation so i apologize. no 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 not this at all. is staying in because we are not only conservation nerds but we're education nerds and fascination nerds and this is this fascinating, is fascinating. Brittany, how are you this week i'm doing pretty good uh i'm losing my voice so i'm probably going to be cracking like a 13 year old boy going to puberty it is fine but yeah it's been really good i've had a really good week really good week at work we're gonna see how well I talk today. It's well, I'm excited. Great. I'm excited to get into it. I'm excited to get into it. I my my big news of the week is I set up a bird feeder in my backyard, and it's been 13 days since I set up my bird feeder, and I've already seen 15 different species of birds, and that's my that's my big news. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, the the coolest things seen so far have been like a pied leucistic house sparrow. And a purple finch. Those have been the coolest things so far. Ah, uh, yeah. Poofy. Poofy. Precisely. Well, let's jump into our first segment for the day, the creature feature. So last year for our holiday-themed episode, we talked all about the pachyderm we wanted the most for Christmas, which was, of course, the hippopotamus. But this year, we're featuring another pachyderm who uh, you might get for Christmas as well. 
any non-spoilery teasers for our creature feature. Matt, I hope that helped you get what it was. All I can think of, and here's the problem. I actually don't know what it is. So this is me running through. There's like, there's like a little, a little decrepit hamster currently running the wheel in I my mean, head right now. We, it's obviously not a hippo, but I did well, say yes. it's a pachyderm. And I said, it's something you might get for Christmas. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Can I be honest? The first thing my head went to was pygmy <laughs> So that's where I was at. And I'm glad you said that beforehand because I was really about to go full force into the pygmy hippopotamus before no, you. That would kind be of... probably the most wrong answer of the options. Yeah, no, I thought it'd be funny. It wasn't, but I don't know. I mean, I think I'll need a couple minutes to create content in my head now that. I realized I was not prepared. That's okay. Brittany, what kind of non-spoilery uh, hints do you have for our creature feature today? Um, well, I think that it's going to go gigantically well. Yeah, it, it, I know it definitely it's might. personally one of your favorites. It is. It is. I have a tattoo of this animal. Yeah. And I think that it is one that um, we've all heard of sure. before very double meaning there double meaning there and it's it's white it could be it definitely could be today's creature like matt mentioned is white um and it's one of my favorite animals uh we're talking uh, our favorite white elephant gift the african elephant so an african elephant might be above your 20 dollars spending limit for white elephant but it is uh, a gorgeous creature out of africa um, it is the biggest of the pachyderms. It's the biggest of the land animals, weighing in at a lot of weight. It's very heavy. <laughs> weighing in at very heavy in this corner is the African elephant. <laughs> <laughs> that's really to be funny. fair, that's very accurate. <laughs> um, weighing in at approximately a lot of pounds. <laughs> Uh, African elephants, as mentioned, are pachyderms. What pachyderm means is it basically just means thick skin. So animals like hippos, rhinos, tapirs, and elephants are all different species of pachyderms. Now, African elephants are really, really interesting. We've talked about the uh, family group of Afrotheria before here on the podcast and how it's a very wide-ranging group of animals from things like dugongs and manatees through rock hyraxes and elephants, all very, very different species. We talked about the manatee a little bit last week. We've talked about hyraxes before on the podcast. And this week we're talking the African elephant in our white elephant episode and animals that give gifts. Now there's no record of elephants ever giving gifts to each other, but there is a lot of record of elephants showing empathy for one another. There have even been elephants who like have, you know, shown grief for the loss of a loved one or have, you know, traveled super, super, like, longer than normal different distances of migration to, like, see a, a member who they haven't seen in a long time. And this huge amount of empathy, plus their really charismatic look, is what allows people to be drawn to them in such a fantastical way. Do any of you have any, like, experiences or things you want to share about the empathy or gift of elephants? I think... If you're looking to give a gift that supports elephants, one thing that you can do is the premise of Tagua Nuts. 
Um, this is a fair trade uh, replacement of ivory, which is a, well, frankly, it's what's crippling African elephant populations. Um, and in the spirit of giving, I know you can find a lot of fair trade organizations that offer Tagwe nut sellings, little handmade carvings, jewelry, things like that. And what happens is the workers who make this artwork, this jewelry, whatever it may be, get a certified good living wage. And at the same time, you're taking money out of the hands of poachers and crime syndicates that like are preying off of the poachers. You're taking the money out of that, this dangerous kind of trade and funneling into something more productive. So if you want to give the gift of giving to the African elephant, if you want to give a white elephant gift to a white elephant, check out Tago and that stuff. It's really, really good. Kind of to go along that route, I don't remember the exact company's name. Well, um, I'll have us link it in, during this episode at some point. Um, but there's a company that sells these bracelets that follows like it, it tracks elephants in Africa and you get like a little card with each of the the elephant's stories um, and it doesn't track them um, in a way that like poachers can find them it's just like kind of like their migration through the year um, I actually got it as a gift from my husband last Christmas and they're really cool but yeah, that's a that's another way they give a lot of the proceeds then to elephant conservation. So that's pretty cool. African elephants for me personally just are just so heartfelt. I got to see them when I was in Kenya and they're just even more beautiful than in person. Like it's just amazing to to see them and watch them and do their thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It Elephants are and have always been my favorite animal. I, I just always have felt a really strong attachment to them. And, you know, like I said, that big sense of empathy. You both have mentioned some really great, you know, causes and conservation projects revolving elephants. And I actually have another one to say. Um, it's uh, the project called 96 Elephants. You can visit them at 96elephants.org. And basically, it's a nonprofit meant to spread awareness and um, provide protection for elephants all across Africa or Elephants for Africa. Both are, I think, names of the organization. It's a nonprofit whose goal is, I believe it's a nonprofit, whose goal is to protect elephants in Africa. Obviously, it's named for Elephants for Africa. And 96 elephants comes from the fact that 96 elephants every single day, approximately, are killed in Africa. 365 days a year, approximately 96 elephants a day are killed. And this project aims to spread awareness of that and put an end to the illegal. Uh, sale of ivory. So yeah, thanks for that, everybody. I'm really glad that we can kind of cover some awesome conservation news in our in our creature feature today, talking about some amazing elephant conservation. And uh, I'm really uh, blessed for the gift of content y'all have given me here during our white elephant creature feature. But with that out of the way, though, let's move into our current events. It's time for nature and the news. <music> Alrighty, so to spread some holiday cheer for y'all, I have a current event written. Uh, it's a blog called conservation.org. Um, well, it's the blog, it's not a blog called that, but it's conservation.org does have a blog, and 
one of their articles written by Kylie Price on November 24th, which is a little outdated, but I think is still a really important one to read. It's called Five Nature-Friendly Gifts for This Holiday Season. Um, I think it's important to kind of highlight the fact that there's a lot of gifts out there. You know, we've all, we're all nature lovers here, right? And a lot of us know nature lovers as well. And if you want to spread some holiday cheer in a way that donates to your favorite campaign, definitely go out and like try and find something that maybe uh, donates. For example, I'm a company that I follow, Bird Collective. You know, find these small businesses that are ingraining themselves into conservation. Um, and this article here, this write-up, does a really good job at providing a couple different options that um, people can go to, as well as a lot of branching off points. Um, in fact, conservation.org has a full conservation international gift guide linked in this blog post. A lot of times it's really hard to find, you know, something that both makes a difference and is like a good gift. And I think that these kinds of articles really need to be highlighted because in doing so, you can bring a lot of money to the people who are doing this work front lines. For example, one of these uh, offered there's artwork that donates to conservationists, um, ocean conservation. There is a love monkey pendant designed by Alex Wu. Um, that's really important because it highlights a bunch of monkey conservation with Conservation International with about 20% of proceeds from this jewelry alone going to conservation. There's uh, snake plush, there's socks, there's everything under the sun. And all of these kinds of things are really, really cool because, you know, everyone gets socks under the tree. But what if the socks that you gave someone under the tree also happen to donate 40% of the proceeds to the Rainforest Alliance or something like that? So this article does a great job of breaking down a couple different options. And like I said, gives a bunch more branching off points. So definitely get it, give it a peruse if you're still looking for some last minute gifts. You might not get everything on time, but I would argue that getting something a little bit late that also goes to making a difference out in the world is vastly superior to getting something on time just to get it. So it's a really good write-up, and it kind of highlights the importance of thoughtful gift-giving as well. So definitely go check it out. Like I said, conservation.org's blog. Really good write-up. That's a beautiful Christmas current event there. Thanks for tying it in with gifts. I'm loving all of the uh, loving all the Christmas content today. It's very thematic. There, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> uh, my current event uh, this week comes from the Guardian. Um, it's an article titled "Mesmerizing: A Massive Murmuration of Budgies Is Turning Central Australia Green and Gold." So after a wild wet season uh, in the Northern Territory of Australia. Huge flocks of budgies, uh, which are basically just small parakeets. You might know them as like the parakeets that you'd see in like a pet store, but like where they're found in the wild. They're on the move in the deserts of the Northern Territory. So right in that red center of Australia. A massive murmuration, which is a phenomenon of thousands of birds flocking together, has swarmed in that Northern Territory. And uh, there's been a photographer named Steve Pierce who's captured that natural phenomenon and explains that the sheer quantity of the birds literally causes the air pressure to change. After a tough couple of years due to drought and bushfires, like we talked about on the podcast before with those bushfires, 
Some inland Australian bird species are finally thriving after a really buoyant wet season. Um, Steve Pierce describes it as, you might hear one budgie, that first fella comes in, he flies past, then another one, and it's like that over a short time, maybe five minutes. Then they all just turn up and start arriving en masse. There is a critical mass that sweeps in. It's spectacular. And some of these pictures are just that. Absolutely spectacular. There's a photographer here where Stephen Pierce, the, uh, the, the photographer we've been speaking of, he basically said there could have been 100,000 of them just in this picture. The photos are only pointing in one direction when around them could be, you know, hundreds of thousands more. It lasts for hours and there was no stopping them. These big roots of budgies would come in, grab a drink, get some food, they get full of seeds, and then they'd come back for a second drink. So you just see these budgies flying back and forth. Um, again, they were described as just having fun, like a bunch of kids riding motorbikes in the sky. And it's it's really, really cool when you can kind of see species like this in their like native habitat. Um, we don't really get to talk about, especially like domesticated pets, things like budgies, things like cockatiels, even things like hamsters or guinea pigs in their native ranges. So stuff like this is really, really fascinating to me, um, especially because it's an Aussie current event and y'all know I love Aussie birds. Thank you for that, uh, that amazing current event. So amazing, in fact, that we had the same one. That's <laughs> uh, okay. I have found one that actually is very fitting to um, what we were just talking about with our creature feature. Um, and while white elephants can give can give gifts, what about the gifts that we can give elephants? And so um, my current event comes from Nanaga Bay. And the title reads, In Wildlife Traffickers, the Internet Finds a cancel target everyone agrees on. So um, the it's it's a it's a coalition to end wildlife trafficking online, and it's removed more than eleven million posts linked to wildlife trade on platforms ranging from Facebook to eBay, and it's been there since twenty eighteen. But with uh, everybody staying at home for because of the pandemic there has been a huge increase in being able to effectively uh, target these groups on social media that are there to traffic wildlife goods. That includes things like ivory that come from elephant tusks. But there, there of course, are always a little bit of setbacks. There's been some uh, jurisdictional challenges when it comes to fighting crime online because who's the one who's actually supposed to do it and things like there's just there's a few you know little bumps however since 2020 uh there is a report that was published that these companies have removed over 8.3 million listings in just five months both Facebook and this group called Traffic removed nearly 2,000 Facebook posts that were linked to wildlife trafficking in the Philippines and in Indonesia. And so there are just these awesome groups working really hard. There are a lot of reports that um, elephant ivory, the the demand for ivory, elephant ivory is declining, um, but there's still lots of it that takes place online. 
And so um, that's what these groups are there for. And so um, it doesn't just affect elephants, pang pangolins are included in that, sea turtles and different things like that. And so there's just these awesome groups out there trying to fight that and being able to bring awareness to it and be able to fight it using online. So it's really cool. I love it. We had some pretty cool current events this week. Thanks for that, folks. But with those all wrapped up, let's jump into our main topic for today. The holiday season is a time for uh, for giving, for sharing, for loving your friends and neighbors and family. And in the spirit of giving this holiday season, I wanted to chat about different animals that give gifts to each other. Uh, it's it's a process that I find really, really fascinating and really, really adorable that, you know, we as human beings, we give gifts to each other as sentiments of our appreciation of our love for one another and our desire to share what we love with others. And that's the beauty of gift giving for us humans. But why do animals give each other gifts and what animals give each other gifts? So that's what we're going to talk about today, which is really, really exciting. Um, and kind of as an homage to a uh, I think it was actually the first episode Brittany was ever on. Um, oh, never mind. That's not true. It was the first episode of Brittany uh, being a co-host. Uh, we did a tier list. Do you guys remember doing that? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, so we did a tier list. So in honor of that and the end of 2021, I want to do another tier list with you guys um, and discussing some animals who give gifts. It'll be a pretty fun episode. It'll be a very quick episode. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on each one regardless. So before we get into it, what exactly is a tier list? A tier list is basically just us kind of ranking uh, the different examples of animals giving gifts into different tiers. What is the best? What is the worst? And what is in between? So tiers sort of represent like a grading system. So with the best being S tier, then A tier, then B tier, C tier, D tier, with the worst being F tier. But with that kind of explanation out of the way, let's get into these gift-giving animals. <laughs> All right, so number one is a species of animal called the scorpion fly. Now, the scorpion fly's gift, it's, it's pretty interesting to say the very least. Um, but some context for what a scorpion fly is, it is an impressive mini beast with a powerful beak-like jaw and a posterior segment that looks a bit like a scorpion stinger, but it's actually its genitals. Um, the male scorpion fly offers its mate a nuptial gift of a ball of protein-rich saliva. Um, a nuptial gift, for those wondering, is one presented as a part of the mating negotiation to determine whether the two will mate. So, to invite the female to mate, it will give them a <laughs> ball of protein-rich saliva. And before you say no to this gift, you should know that it isn't just any ball of saliva but it is a gigantic ball of saliva, equaling up to 10% of the fly's body weight. And if the female scorpion flies pleased, she eats the ball of saliva. <laughs> that literally sounds like every, like, PG version of what they try to explain human frat, like, bar interaction. It's basically, it's basically a frat bar it. interaction. It's basically a frat bar interaction. I hate it. So much, Matthew. I'm a fan. All right, where where are we ranking these on the tier list? Where are we ranking There's these on the tier list? There's some romance going on. I give it <laughs> a B. Where? 
Matt's a romantic at heart. Matt's a romantic at heart. It's literally cooking for your gal. <laughs> <laughs> We're ranking these bad boys. Where's the scorpion fly sitting at? Like I said, I'm sitting at a B. It's not overtly lovely. But B like, for Matthew, it, I'm, I think I'm going to put it them. down in, in C tier. I think it's a good place to start in C tier. I forgot we were doing like letters. So I was like, can I go negative? No, 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 no. no. Is there uh, a negative letter I can go to? S A B. Oh, it's, it's, it's definitely an F tier. <laughs> if I could go lower than an F, I would. <laughs> It feels like you're blaming this or like blaming you're finding blame for personal experiences. That's understandable. I mean, I get it. I, I, I get be, it. Matt, be a woman in a bar and you would have the same exact fucking. Yeah, but, if you, but it, what, what if you're satisfied with the ball with the ball of protein rich saliva? That's 10% of your weight. That's a pretty I, good. You gotta pretend. You gotta pretend that this is something you would consume. Let's say some man <laughs> brings you a tray of chicken tenders, ten percent of your weight. Is this a different story? I believe it is. If a man I brought have you, been presented in similar situations as an F tier. <laughs> on that note, let's move on. <laughs> let's let's do number two. Let's let's get into the second one. I think I think it's time. The second one is uh, a species of spider with the scientific name Paratrachelia ornatata. And it is a species of spider from South America that wrap their prey in silk then carry those packages holding them high in their mouths and offering them to females in the vicinity. Unfortunately, some of those spider bachelors scam their sweethearts by hiding low-value, low-nutrient gifts such as already pre-consumed prey or vegetation under the gifts wrapping to say douchebaggery knows no species limits. I'm going to take it first. I do put them though at like a B tier because bringing food to it, to, to your significant <laughs> other a plus work. I mean, However, they drop down to being at a B because douchebags. You could argue that the scorpion fly also brings food. To nah. That's, That's literal not. food. No, there is no nah. <laughs> there is no consistency here. Listeners, there I would like to apologize. No, this is very inconsistent. <laughs> Listeners, I would like to apologize. I'm sitting at a B tier because it's like yeah, right. it's pretty Honestly, good. I think I might uh, I might echo the B tier only because I love that this species doesn't even have a common name. It just goes by its scientific name. I think yeah. that's very funny. I was even waiting for you to say the common name. There is no common like, name. Nope. There's what no common like, name. Ornitata? I mean, I'm sure there is, but it's like not common. Like, it, I'm sure there's like a, a colloquial name, but there's not like a scientifically used common name. Was it like Ornitata or something like that? Yeah. Paratrichalia Ornitata. Isn't that like that song from The Lion I can, King? I can Google it specifically if you'd like. Peculium ornatata. What a wonderful phrase. I hate you so much. Ornatata. <laughs> Ain't no passing craze, Matthew. It means no worries. Oh, there the is no there is no uh common name. I, I think I'm gonna agree with you guys though, and, and pop that boy in B tier. Um 
it's it's a fun it's a fun uh fun thing even though they can be a little bit scammy a little bit skeezy did you see tier the last one i just I can't did remember i'd tiered the last one yeah. okay i couldn't remember mainly because saliva really not my jam but like a wrapped present i'm into that it's not my jam but like i'm not gonna kink shame <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't like describing it as kink shaming we're gonna move on to the next one i have a feeling <laughs> i have a feeling the next one is going to be placed in uh s tier by matthew because it is in fact about a shrike now uh it's about the great gray shrike which is a songbird um it sounds sort of like a pleasant animal um but actually um no no not at all they're not they're not a very pleasant animal in fact shrikes are more uh colloquially known as murder birds and they're known as murder birds because of this grisly habit of skewering their prey on thorns or barbed wire after impaling their prey such as large insects frogs toads fish lizards mice bats and even other birds the shrike tears off bite-sized pieces to eat now their collection of kebobbed carcasses is called a larder and during the mating season male shrikes place their larders in conspicuous locations where they can be seen and admired by potential partners a gift that testifies to the hunting might of the giver if you're not convinced about s tier already and you damn well should be the species name we used a species name for the last one and we definitely should highlight the species name for this one as well it's lanius excubitor it is the literal judge, <laughs> judge it then jury, becomes the jury and now as the species name represents it is also the executioner i mean and you know what you take something grizzly and you turn it into something predicated upon love. I think that's a little beautiful. S from me. That's pretty predictable of you, Matthew. Brittany, where are you? Where are you at on the Great Grey Shrike? I like to hear yours first because I'm a little. I'm I'm teetering between. So I'm leaning uh, closer to A tier. I'm leaning closer to A tier, and I'm leaning closer to A tier and not S tier, specifically because um, S tier. I, I think of things that like I, you know, might might give as a gift. Um, I'm not really giving uh, dead carcasses impaled on barbed wire as a gift. So <laughs> that's why I'm not saving that for S tier. But A tier, it is a pretty good gift for those who want an impaled carcass on a, on a spike. You know, so. <laughs> what what animal gift would you be giving? Ah, well, maybe we'll see in just a little bit. It's a pine cone, isn't it? No, um, who's to say? But definitely, if the next animal gave me a, the next animal on this list gave me a gift, I would be pretty excited. Renee, where are you placing the Great Gray Shrike? All right, so I've been teetering between S tier and A tier, only because yes, I wouldn't play. I personally wouldn't want anything on barbed wire. However, however, depending on its finesse, it could also be quite beautiful and artsy. It could be it's artsy. It's, emo, it, it's also right? pretty niche to show that the male is a provider. So he got yeah. bank is basically what he's saying. Can you imagine the kebabs? I mean, really? Oh, bro, I, I do love a I kebab. I do love a kebab. Mm -hmm. oh. Oh, you convinced me with that one, Matt. I'll go last year. <laughs> it's the kebabs for us, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Uh, so the next gift-giving animal on our tier list here um, is a... Uh, 
is a, is a creature that I quite love, and it uh, it's a species that uh, we've talked about here on the podcast a couple of times, um, and we've talked about its uh, family group a couple of times as well um, in making uh, many puns. Um, but to tell you about this animal, I'm just going to tell you a little bit of a story. So in 2015, a news story about a special relationship between a Seattle eight-year-old and this species of wild bird went viral. So eight-year-old Gabby Mann fed wild crows, placing a food on trays and feeders in her backyard on a daily basis. The crows gave Gabby gifts in return, depositing their off offerings in the emptied food tray. Most of the crow's gifts were small, shiny objects, pieces of glass, buttons, earrings, beads, paper clips, even p bits of metal hardware. And according to John Marsliff, a professor of wildlife science at the University of Washington, Gabby's relationship with crows, although uncommon, has been observed before. And in an interview with Katie Sewell for the BBC, he said, I have seen an awful lot of things crows have brought people. So crows and people have a certain special relationship, and which I find quite beautiful. And that's why, personally, I'm going to start off. Crows are going in S tier. S plus tier, honestly. S plus tier, absolutely. Yes, I love crows. I used to work with a crow. And like she was a little spooky lady. Yeah. She wasn't really into people. But we had a group of wild crows that used to come and visit her. And they would like do all of their cute little calls. And they would come and hang out. And we had... um. It was a red-tailed hawk that used to like to come and mess with her. And <laughs> when the new crows started coming to visit her, they messed this thing up Good. when it came to come mess with her. I did, beautiful relationships. Crows are amazing. They're so intelligent. Mm -hmm. So intelligent. Crows are, are one of those species that I just, I'm always fascinated by. We have some local crows that uh, have visited my feeder one or two times when the local house sparrows aren't making a big old mess. And I'd want to make friends with them. Moral of the story. Matthew, crows. I think I'm gonna plead the fifth. No, you have to. You have to put crows in a tier. It's got to go in D tier for me. Why? It's surprising, but there's one, one I, problem with this one. I have a feeling I know what you're gonna say, and if I'm wrong, I I thought way too hard. But why are you gonna say? Why? No, you go. Give me, give me your mm -hmm, hypothesis. No, my answer is not appropriate for the podcast. Oh, it has nothing <laughs> to do with that. It's solely because all of this gifting that the crows are doing is really just regifting, and that's a little sus. Oh, you know what? No, no, that's no, no, absolutely no. regifting. No, if anything, that is by definition regifting. They're thrifting. They're, They're stealing. Thrifting. I'd take They're a thrifted th gift any day. <laughs> They're, it's thievery. All of the other animals that we have learned about thus far. They've been murderers. I'd rather murdered. have thievery than murder. I'm sorry. Ball of spit <laughs> was living at one time, Brittany? In a way. What was that? <laughs> you know what? That's that's a good point. Matt got you there. <laughs> I really can't say anything. Our next animal to give a gift on this tier list is... Uh, well, it, it it's not technically a gift, and this animal's not quite sure if you even deserve a gift, but it's going to give you a gift anyway. Some of us who have uh, pets uh, may have uh, a species of feline, uh, a pet cat, and some people's pet cats bring them dead or almost dead animals that they then receive as a gift. But cat behaviorists tell us that those offerings are not actually gifts at all, but rather lessons. Apparently, your cat brings you prey 
because it's noticed that you don't hunt and is concerned about your lack of this critical skill. And it's trying to teach you how it's done. So get with the program. You're disappointing your cat. I'm going to start F for F. Them. <laughs> F this nosy <laughs> comes to me, a 23 year old in this world. Immediate F tier. In this world, I have lived 23 years, and a three year old cat thinks it knows my life better than me. Get your shit together. Get your damn nose out of mine. You stay on your side of the line, preferably inside the house where a cat belongs. Facts. And I will stay on my side of the line. Not Simple hunting. is that. I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna second every word Matt just said, including the swears I bleeped out. Mm-hmm. And really, it's parsimonious because F for feline. Am I right? Brittany, where are cats going? I know they're not going in F tier for you. <laughs> I'm going to put them at A tier. Give us a reason. Give us a reason. Okay. I, I have plenty. Remember, we're not tiering cats. We're tiering Remember, this the is the Birdie Bunch podcast. Correct. Bird- but they're just worried for you. They love you as a human, and they're worried, concerned, the fact that you may die because you don't have hunting skills. And they're coming to protect you and to make sure you're well fed just because you may not like a mouse doesn't mean that their intentions aren't well placed so this sounds like the the quintessential overbearing parent story yikes also for cats that's a true special bond because like they just want to make sure that you stay alive is it is it because they want to keep being fed or because they need you to do something? Yeah, probably. It sounds but if like I could be, if I could be any animal, it'd be a well-fed freaking fucking cat. It they're literally like, negging you, bro. I don't know what to tell like you. It sounds manipulative. This is emotional manipulation. It, that's where I find comfort. What can I tell you? That's not surprising. <laughs> also, I'm gonna come back because I'm about to throw hands. How come when the Shrike did it, it was murder? But when you know the cat what? does it, <laughs> didn't say it wasn't murder. Did not say it wasn't yeah, murder. Just, just as a, a reminder for our listeners, uh, feral cats or outside cats kill more than two million wild birds a year. Yeah. Now, did they I'm are just going to repeat Matt? I'm going to repeat for Matt. bird death in the United States. I'm going to repeat Matt's statement earlier: is that we're just talking about their hunting, the reason why they bring you gifts. They're not talking about cats as a whole. No, I think no, no, cats no. deserve a, to be this inside. Is, this is just a lesson left for our listeners. It's just but don't put your is, cats outside. But also, this is the exact behavior that we are discussing. I, I'm just <laughs> providing context for the behavior. I am not my, saying. We it had affects a mouse my in- ranking, but I do personally place them in F tier. All I'm saying is an unbiased ranker. I have gotten a mouse, a mouse present from my kitty cats. I am unsurprised by that. It's like if we had a mouse in the house or whatever, they'd bring them the and be the like, "There you go." The and they, particularly, they like to leave it in our shoes. Love that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm just gonna come back to the fact that this <laughs> the scorpion fly. Exhibited no destructive <laughs> behavior whatsoever. You know there what? was no ecological implications of ball of spit. I think I might move up the scorpion fly to B tier. Thank you. I, I don't think it deserves higher than B tier. I don't think it deserves higher than B tier, but <laughs> I might move it up to B tier. <laughs> nah, I rest. Placement stands for both. 
my case. I won't be bullied into either to changing either one. <laughs> it's not bullying if we're right. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. Let's move on to our next one. Let's move on to our next one. Some animals give gifts um, because they think they're going to get something in return, but not the Eurasian Jay. It appears that these stand-up guys give gifts to their mates simply because the females will enjoy the presents. While that might be difficult to understand for some of us, it seems that these birds have what is called the theory of mind, which is the ability to think from another person's or birds perspective in one experiment males would be able to see their mates eating either moths or worms and then would then have the opportunity to give them either one if the female had been eating moths she'd be given a worm if she was eating worms she'd get a moth when the males could not see what she had eaten there was no correlation this shows that the males understand that the females would rather have something new than more of the same and a researcher conducting the experiment linked it to a man giving his wife regular chocolate Versus her favorite chocolate. She'll accept both, but one is going to make her happier. Thoughts on the Eurasian J? I'm going to go A for altruism. But also, I just want to point out, this is a freaking cool bird, y'all. Like, there's, it's got these like little blue zebra striped, blue and black striped feathers on its wing a good bird and i do think i don't know like i think the concept of potential altruism in the natural world is a little bit under discussed but is fascinating and therefore yeah i think i'll, I'll i think i'll go a that seems to be fair yeah i, I think definitely think that a is a pretty good spot for uh the the eurasian J, and i think i might also place them in a tier um, I really love the idea of just giving a gift to give a gift. I personally love giving gifts, even if I don't get gifts in return. Personally, receiving gifts makes me uncomfortable. Um, but giving gifts, big fan. So I love the Eurasian J. And for that reason, uh, they're going in. Uh, they're going in A tier. I will. I will agree, actually, with all wow. of that. Yeah. Um, also, I just think that like the thought behind it, right? Yeah. Like they have to think about what to give. Like there's thought, there's an actual conscious like right. effort. I think that's pretty beautiful. Again, I also, CJ, hate getting gifts. I don't ever know what to say, but <laughs> thanks. Oh, uh, no. So, um, but giving is always super fun. And I also like to put a lot of thought behind the gifts that I give. So I appreciate that from this bird. So yes, I agree. A tier. Um. We only have three species left on our gift-giving animals today, and I'm sure there's many more that we won't cover today, but there are only three more animals who present gifts in a white elephant fashion. And the next one is a species of marine mammal. If there is one thing you should never get your partner as a present, it is a sponge. But apparently no one told that information to male humpback dolphins, which attempt to give potential mates sponges as well as playing a tune from his blowhole and striking what is known as banana pose, a male dolphin will retrieve a sponge from the ocean floor, bring it to the surface, and present it to the female after tossing it around or even wearing it as a hat. Researchers believe that the males put on this strange display because the sponges are notoriously difficult to retrieve, as well as requiring a great deal of strength to pull free from the ocean floor. The sponges release a toxic mixture when attacked by predators, 
so only the smartest dolphin can get really get them safely. However, as macho as these dolphins may think they look, researchers have doubts that the females are impressed at all by their sponge gifts. So, I started out at D. Just because I, you know, it's a sponge. Like, that's like giving someone a vacuum. Like, it's a chore. <laughs> but when I heard the words banana pose, it went up to B immediately. For me, it went up to B when it said, wear them as a hat. No, no. See, here's the problem. It went from B to S when you mentioned the hat. So, it really <laughs> left bounds. But then hearing that they don't really like it brought it back down to A. But at the same time, like, I feel like now I want to see if I can wear every single gift that I give someone as a hat. If you can't wear it as a hat, what's the point of giving it away? Exactly. So I feel like I've learned something from this dolphin. Therefore, yeah. A tier seems appropriate. For sure. Brittany, where are you at on the humpback dolphin? Okay, well, one, Matt, you're showing your age because I would be very excited over a vacuum. Those things are expensive. And what I about really... a sponge, though, Brittany? What about a sponge? A sponge? It's not I exactly mean, a gotten... fun tour. I've gotten a loofah before, and it's the same thing. Whoa. Oh. Is it? And uh, Actually, I do think it's exactly the same thing. It's literally exactly the same thing. I will give it, like, I want to say, like, a B plus an a minus and i don't know where i'm landing only because they don't enjoy it however there is an effort an a for effort right so i want to say like a tier but like on the lower end of an a mm -hmm. so matt a you said a yeah uh, yeah i'm sitting at a like i said would be s if the ladies actually liked it okay Brittany said a i think i'm actually going to go with b tier uh wearing as a hat giant plus the fact that the females don't actually like it big 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 downside um i think we've all received a gift we maybe didn't want uh or didn't need um i don't know how many um sweaters that are exactly the same my aunts can give me um so uh, you know I, I i think that it uh it's it's a good time when when you get a gift but only when you like it our next one is another mammal but not exactly a marine mammal this is actually our closest living relative the bonobo so a nuptial gift like i mentioned is the gift that a male gives the female during courtship more often than not they have some nutritional value like that ball of protein rich saliva and almost all gifts in the animal kingdom can be considered nuptial but an example of a gift giving motivated by something other than the desire to procreate we need look no further than our closest relative, the bonobo. Despite their reputation as one of the most sex-obsessed species in the world, bonobos have developed an interesting habit of giving food to strangers. This is highly unusual as most animals are concerned with either self-preservation or preservation of others in their group. But bonobos are highly social, loving to make new friends, and for this reason, they're happy to part with a bit of food if it means they get to interact with more bonobos from other groups. I went A for altruism before, so I think I'm morally and contractually obligated to stick with A for altruism again, even though my heart wants me to put it in, like, B tier. Can you explain why you want to put it in B tier? Is it because it's B for Bonobo? I really think, now that I'm 
inflecting upon myself a little bit. I'm reflecting. It might be because B for Bonobo. <laughs> I just have, there's just a B tier vibe. Okay. You can put that in B tier. I'll count that. But I'm also morally obligated to put it. You're in not morally A-tier. obligated to do anything. It's the holiday season. No, it's called intellectual <laughs> consistency. Um, so Matt put that in B tier. Brittany, where are you going to put it? Uh, I'm going to put it in C tier only because I don't feel like it's just a genuine gift. I feel like it's something for them. See, I had the exact opposite reaction, and that's why I'm putting it in S tier. I think this is one of my favorites, if not for the next one on our list. But for an example, for a reason why it's my favorite, one way that I like making new friends is giving them food. I love cooking. I love making food. And people tend to like my food because I'm planning on making food. So... But are they giving giving food to meet friends to get a little action? Or no, are it's they literally food? what it says is they are just highly social and they like to make new friends from other groups. It's literally all about connecting with others. Okay, well... Because it's well, not described as a nuptial gift. I thought you said it was described as a nuptial gift. No, 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 no. Most, okay, then I, mo- changed, I changed my answer. Okay. It's going to go to an A tier because okay. I literally thought it was because... It was like a nuptial thing. No, no, no. It's one of the few examples of a non-nuptial animal gift. Okay. Then, yeah, I changed it to A tier um, only because um, I'm a, only a little jealous because my social anxiety could never. <laughs> um, yeah, I think A-tier. I think food is my, my go-to. I can, like, talk to somebody about food or give somebody food. That's going to be the anxiety override. That's fair. I get too anxious that they're not going to like my food. I definitely think that other people will pretend to like my food, even if they don't. So, yeah, <laughs> nobody's going to say, oh, this is terrible when you give them some food. Like, thanks. See, and that's, that's always be... my fear, though. No, my brain. Uh, no, goes I will go out and take a thanks because then I can bad talk them behind their back. Because <laughs> I know it's good. I wouldn't <laughs> offer somebody anything if I didn't think it was good. That's fair. Our final gift-giving animal is one of the most famous examples of animals giving presents to their loved ones. It is, in fact, penguins. So males of various penguin species will use pebbles as a way of courting females. Penguins are well-known for mating for life. And so a symbol of their romanticism in their any animal world has, has become a penguin. But like all good things, the internet has needlessly distorted the truth around the story of penguins and their gift-giving romance. You've likely seen some sort of meme or trivia site claiming that males will search far and wide for a beautiful pebble to present to his potential mate, with females apparently viewing it as a piece of jewelry or art. In fact, males will, will work hard to find pebbles for females, but more than just for aesthetic reasons. Penguins use these pebbles to build nests, but since stones are hard to come by in Antarctica, they have to work really hard to find them. And when a male presents a female with a stone, she knows that he is asking her to build a nest together. So those stones are more than just trinkets that the females think are pretty. The pebbles are essentially penguin proposals. Aww. (laughs) S-tier. I love them. It always reminds me of Happy Feet. And no, I love it. It's really cute. It's, yeah. Matthew? It's an S. 
It's an S. Yeah. It's, it's an S all around, baby. It's an S all around. So there we go. That Those are our animal tier lists. And, you know, it's a tier list on these gift-giving animals. And it is the holiday season, of course. And I couldn't wrap up an episode all about gift-giving if I didn't mention some awesome organizations that you could give to this holiday season. Look at that transition. Did you see how gorgeous that was? It was beautiful. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't, uh, you know, talk about the gift-giving episode of gift-giving animals without mentioning some organizations that you can give to this holiday season. So number one, we're always going to mention this one here on the Birdie Bunch podcast. We love these people at this organization. We're talking about birdability. Um, birdability is an organization pretty much dedicated to inclusion of people with disabilities in birding. And uh, we've had Fran McGregor and Virginia Rose in the podcast multiple times. They're wonderful, wonderful human beings. Um, indubitably, one of our cut clips this week will actually feature Fran McGregor. So, <laughs> you know, it's a, a, a lovely organization that you should definitely donate to. Another one is uh, your local zoo or aquarium, your local conservation center, your local wildlife rehab center. Those facilities are always looking for ways to better care for the species that they care for, right? Uh, many are nonprofits. Our local zoos are nonprofits, and they rely on funding to run. Another example of, a, of an organization you can do donate to is your local Audubon chapter, your local birding chapter, your local conservation organization. Local organizations are really, really a big part of the work that brings so much wildlife to your community. And the the community that you live in really could not survive with the conservation that it has without those local organizations. And uh, those organizations help the species thrive there. So consider donating to them as well. That is, of course, if you can afford to donate. Um, of course, please don't donate if you can't. But in addition to uh, donating to those organizations, I do want to transition into our outro here. Let's talk a little about social media, and then maybe we're in another place you could donate. Um, where can you all be found on the social meds? Y'all can find me on Instagram at Matt Valga, M-A-T-T-V's and Victor, A-L-I-G-A. Just chilling. That's about it. You can also find me on Instagram at the Brittany underscore bunch, T-H-E-B-R-I-T-T-A-M-Y uh, underscore B is a bird, U-N-C-H. Got him. And you can find me on Instagram at cj.greco. That's cj.greco. And I'll be posting, uh, hopefully, some uh, some good stuff for the holiday season and definitely over our break. Um, for more information about our break, you can visit our collective social media at the Birdie Bunch Podcast. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram and Facebook. And through those social media sites, you can learn all about what's going on with the Birdie Bunch Podcast while we're on break. In addition to following us on social media, you can also visit our website, www.thebirdiebunchpodcast.com, where we post blog posts with resources from our episodes, as well as uh, some info about us. You get to know us a little bit better, as well as, one, our merch store. Get some uh, Birdie Bunch merch as a gift for your friends, roommates, partners, or otherwise. Or to visit our Patreon. Patreon is a wonderful way you can support us here at the Birdie Bunch Patreon is a, a subscription-based uh, platform where, depending on your tier of support, you get different perks. So at the base tier of support and every tier of support, you get a shout-out here on the podcast. So shout-out to Game Underlay for continuing to be our patron. Thank you so much. 
Um, if you'd like to shout out here on the podcast or any of the other perks, please visit our Patreon. Visit our website for more information, theprettymunchpodcast.com. If you can't support us financially this holiday season, absolutely okay. What we do ask, though, is that you leave us a review. Let us know about the amazing things you've learned here on the Pretty Much Podcast, and if you've had any fun listening to us. If you don't want to leave a review either, you know what? I get it. I don't really listen on Apple Podcasts, but what I, you know, what what I do every day is tell a friend about the Pretty Much Podcast. In fact, I'm going to do it right now. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Uh, I have a podcast recommendation for you. Mm-hmm. Do you listen to podcasts? Sometimes. Do you like like uh, ones about conservation, education, and fascination? Mostly fascination, but I can you know I can get jiggy with the other parts. Well, there's this podcast that you know I've been I've been listening to recently about for the past I don't know hour, and they talked all about animals that give gifts. Is this something you might be interested in? Would one of those gifts be a ball of spit? It would, yeah, yeah, a ball of protein-rich saliva, yeah. Well, then absolutely. Wait, well, check out the Pretty Much podcast then. I absolutely will. That sounds like an S tier development right there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you placed it in B tier. Yeah, I know, but spoilers. Um, wait, I don't know. Christ. I don't know. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. <laughs> you can tell a friend about the Pretty Much podcast just like that, and we can grow our listenership going into 2022. Again, we will be back with new episodes of the Pretty Much podcast on January 10th. And those episodes are going to be bi-weekly. So every other week, you're going to get Pretty Bunch content uh, via streaming platform, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. Yeah, you can, uh, you'll get that new content on January 10th. Thank you so much for your support in all of 2021. The Pretty Bunch Podcast could not be here without you, and we are beyond grateful for all of the support you've given us this year. Any other f- closing remarks for 2021? Happy holidays, y'all. Yeah, happy holidays. I just wanted to say a big thank you again to all of our listeners. I know I came in halfway through the season. So thank you for continuing to support us and uh, supporting me on the podcast as with this new journey. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Brittany. And um, thanks, CJ. Yeah, no worries. Well, with that all being said, we'll see you next year. I guess we won't see you. It's an audio platform. You'll you'll hear us next year. Nailed it. Catch you next time. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Birdie Blunch podcast. We would like to thank Sarah Dunlap for designing our logos, Elliot Hyde for being our writing and production assistant, and Connor Whitman for being our music producer. The mission of the Birdie Bunch podcast is to inspire an inclusive community for conservation by using education to promote fascination.